I did have a, a depressing moment in my improv practice yesterday where we were doing the same scene in different styles and I got called up there and my coach is like, Twilight. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I, I have to give myself a little pat on the back. I did like a dead on case do. And uh, right after the scene, my coach was like, oh, great. So, like, that's your wheelhouse then is, like, Twilight. And I was like, no, no. And I just, like, moved on. Good evening, Weeps, and Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 120. We have now done as many episodes as the number of Power Stars in Super Mario 64. Wow. Speaking of things that aren't exactly accomplishments, uh, this week we've made it through the fourth Twilight movie. We have now watched uh, Breaking Dawn Part 1, which is the worst part of Breaking Dawn to date. <laughs> Let's look at the leaderboard. <laughs> Breaking down part one. We we surveyed a hundred people. Top five answers on the board. Part one. <laughs> this week's episode, of course, is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. If you go to that address and sign up for a trial membership to their book of on subscription, you get a free audiobook, like for example, Breaking Dawn, the whole thing, for free. And you also support our show, or you could use that book for something else that has the word Dawn in it, like, hypothetically, Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan. Still weird sex, but instead of emo vampires doing it, it's uh, proto-humans. Yay! Mm. Upgrade. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) just as free and just as much support for our show. We don't care if it's a good book or not. Also, if you want to support us, you can uh, sponsor a topic. This is our unbelievably popular program. We are booked uh, for the next couple months, but... Uh, so we've had to raise prices because it was too popular, which is not something we'd expected to do. Yay, capitalism! <laughs> so, uh, but if you do, if you're interested, in, if you're interested in forcing us to read or watch something of your choice, it can be anything within time limitations. Go to read-weep.com/sponsor. All right. Uh, also, before I move on, I really want, really quickly, I want to tell you guys uh, right now what you should do is you should pause this if you haven't yet watched our hip hopra our rap video summary of Breaking Dawn Part 1. Go to the internet now. Uh, it's on our it's on our everything. It's on our pages all over the place. Or you can just go to tinyurl.com slash Breaking Dawn Summary. It is a not-safe-for-work cartoon rap video summarizing. It's just... It is a, an impartial summary of exactly the plot of the book. So... <laughs> no ex- exaggerations at all. But go check that out right now and tell your friends... We would love for this to be, you know, super viral or something, so. Yeah, boy. Make out with somebody unprotected with this movie if you can. All right, and now let me introduce you to today's panel. I'm your host, of course. I'm Alex Falcone. I'm a comic from Portland. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Uh, this week I'm recording from my road kit in Denver, Colorado, where I'm in town for auditions, Thanksgiving, and a party that included a chocolate fountain. What? There was a chocolate oh. fountain at this party. What did you dip in the chocolate fountain? A pineapple was my favorite of the things. There was sort of oh, a passion good. fruit. There were Nilla wafers. Ooh. Um, there were marshmallows. 
Which, yeah. amazingly, if you uh, one of the other guests discovered, if you drop the marshmallow into the chocolate fountain, don't recover it because the chocolate has built up behind it <laughs> and will <laughs> burst forth and share its chocolate goodness with the table. So, question. Is it acceptable to dip your face? <laughs> yeah, how many body parts did you submerge? This was sort of a classy Four? Party. So just like one ass cheek. <laughs> <laughs> just just the cheek. <laughs> yeah, never go full ass at a fancy party. Words we can all live by. Today I have a very special panel. First up in San Francisco, California, it's blogger and writer Ezra Fox. Hello. How is the novel coming? 30,000 words. As I've told some people, there are two vampires and one implied pudding cup. <laughs> I, Whoa. I might have a viral video coming out. Oh, I can't wait to see <laughs> for you. Yikes. <laughs> two vamps, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it's not what you think. It's really just a video about how it's not enough pudding. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like <laughs> someone's drained all the pudding out of the bottom of this cup before I even got to the front part. <laughs> also joining us today, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter right now. He's in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Chris Smith. Hey, everybody. Hey, Chris. How was Hawaii? Uh, Hawaii was great. Uh, I stopped syncing my email on my phone. Nice. And I just did some snorkeling, saw two sea turtles in uh, each in two separate snorkeling visits to beaches, and serendipitously squished a centipede in the head in my sleep before he got the chance to bite me. (laughs) Yeah, so in Hawaii, no, check this out. In Hawaii, there's crazy centipedes where if they bite you, you got to go to the ER. They're like crazy poisonous. I wake up, and on, between my thermarest and my sleeping bag is a centipede, but I've squished the head in my sleep with, like, my elbow or something. Wow. And, uh, yeah. You are proud. Somebody up there really wanted me to see Breaking Dawn the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Satan's like, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's let this guy live. I think it's <laughs> Yeah, it was a great trip, and now I'm back, and it's cold up here in Seattle, you guys. I mean, not... Sarah in Chicago cold, but I'm soft and and yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, she's an improviser from Chicago. Her name is Sarah Hathaway. Hi guys, it's great to be hey. back. What's what's new this week? It's also getting cold here, so it was kind of a it was kind of a depressing week. Everyone's getting into mean Chicago mode. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. are they just like yeah. punching their deep dish peaches extra hard? Is that what happens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, they all arrive with fist holes in the middle of them. <laughs> and I keep trying to, like, tell myself that, like, you know, I'm not, like, a fur trapper. I'm not out in the wilderness, <laughs> like, <laughs> having to kill grizzlies for survival. But I'm such a wuss. Like, I have a giant down coat. And I even if I have that on and I'm, like, sitting near a heater and I'm, like, in heated public transit, I'm just so sad for, like, six months. I just love the idea that you're consistently forgetting that you're not a fur trapper. <laughs> no, Sarah, you are yeah, not a fur me. trapper. <laughs> Stop baiting Oops. all of these beaver traps. <laughs> oh, this head of mine. <laughs> you're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice I had this observation during the movie that it's sort of like the beginning of a log flume ride. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> like the first half is kind of nice. It's like wedding and sex and Brazil, and you're like, chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah, and the vibrations give you a semi. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> yeah. a little you're a little turgid, and then you're going up yeah. this hill. But you know, any minute now, precipitous decline. 
precipitous decline and everybody gets wet with blood. Yes. So what yeah. I would like you to do is I would like you to summarize in that the style of that amusement ride. Okay, cool. But uh, the only thing that I wanted to suggest is, you know, Sarah, if you've got case two on lock, are you sure you don't want to do this? I can certainly try. It helps if you can see me like, you know, absently messing with my tangled hair. And <laughs> mostly blinking and lip bitings. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> We've digitally removed three quarters of your face. Yeah, cool. okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Breaking Dawn Part 1 follows the story of Bella, who hates high heels and dressing fancy, but has to wear all that stuff to get married to Edward, who's a vampire who's perfect. Their wedding is perfect and in the woods, and everyone's there to celebrate this teenage love, or what they think is a teenage love, because Edward is actually a hundred-year-old vampire. There are lots of funny wedding toasts, and then they go on a honeymoon to Brazil, and they go to a giant private island, and... Then they have sex and it's amazing, but then Edward doesn't want to have sex, and then Bella tries to trick him into having sex to a musical montage. <laughs> then they play lots of sexy chess, and meanwhile, the werewolves, who are all Native Americans, are sitting on a beach talking about how hard dating is, especially when you're a werewolf and a genetic neuter. Bella comes back from the trip totally magically pregnant, like instantly and she loves the baby and wants to keep it but everyone else calls it a fetus and wants her to <laughs> abort it but it's her body eventually she gives birth and all the werewolves are threatening to kill her or her baby or maybe both who knows what will happen there are some invented action sequences to make it seem like there's a plot and then she gets turned into a vampire and her hair gets added volume uh it's time now for the uh, compliment sandwich first uh we, we like to start and end every show with a compliment it makes it feel like fair and legitimate criticism this week uh, Sarah, you have the right to go first or last as the guest. Which do you prefer? Uh, I will go first. Good. Go for it. I just have to say, uh, Steve Buscemi turned in an absolutely amazing performance as Bella in the second half of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, are you sure? I, I really thought that was Captain America from the first half of Captain America. <laughs> oh, tiny Captain America? <laughs> yes, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, he's Benjamin a really talented Button. guy. It was yeah. probably him in both movies, and he just was too shy to take credit. <laughs> I think you guys are being kind of mean. I think that playing dead was the best acting job Kristen Stewart has done in this whole series. <laughs> the part she was born to play. Yeah. <laughs> Eyes are closed. I'm covered in scars. I'm not really in the movie right now. Nailed yeah. it. I, I don't think Case 2 actually lost weight for this. They just did digital stuff and makeup. Um, you know, yeah. at first I thought, oh man, it's like the machinist. She's going really hardcore for this role. <laughs> and then it went past the point where it was feasible. And I was like, oh yeah, I knew Kristen Stewart wasn't like Christian Bale. Oh, yeah. But at least they had time to put in that really touching scene where Edward walks in on her naked and is like gross. And <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we were all feeling. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, I guess I'll go second for the compliment. Uh, which yeah. was, I really like Bella's mom's house. Uh, they showed a very brief clip of her getting the letter for the invitation to the wedding, and it's her house in Florida. And like all houses in Florida, it has an orange grove in the front yard and is directly on the ocean. Yeah. And entirely <laughs> made out of blue screen. She manages to be in a forest 
and on a beach at the same time. It was beautiful. <laughs> How many things that seem obviously like Florida? Could you, there was also the Florida Marlins were playing a game in the living room. <laughs> and you know what? Just behind the house, no shit, Epcot Center. <laughs> There's an alligator eating a Cuban sandwich. <laughs> They're tasty. They're very good. There, yeah. And a Cuban guy eating an alligator sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, uh, Chris, compliment. Yes. Uh, my compliment is uh, actually just for production consistency. So after he gnaws a baby out of Bella, yeah. Edward is covered in bits of gore, which I've heard from... Uh, yeah, yeah, we posted this on the Facebook page, actually. It was, it was strawberry shortcake. Oh, totally. it's so funny to think about him just, like, diving into some, like, dessert platter on Kristen Stewart's... <laughs> <laughs> I would like you know what? I would like to dip Kristen Stewart in a chocolate fountain. Is that possible? <laughs> sounds Probably. Sounds good. She's very Man. small. Just half of a Kristen Stewart. It's a classy party. <laughs> Did you guys also get the Snow White and the Huntsman trailer yep. on this movie? No, yes. but I've seen it. It looks actually cool. Yeah, well, you saw Shirley, Charlize Theron in, dipped in, like, milk or something <laughs> yeah, like that, which I'm pretty sure would be the same effect with... Did you see the trailer for the Invisible Electricity Aliens? Yes. <laughs> I can, actually, can yeah. I segue into my compliment? Yeah, please do. This is, I guess, a compliment to uh, the choice of trailers that the show before the movie, because I had to play the game, how many movies are there that I'd rather see than this movie? <laughs> and it turns out there are quite a few. <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible 4, Snow White, yep. as we said. The Darkest Hour, the electricity alien one. Really? That looks so stupid. My theater had no trailers whatsoever. What? It just had <laughs> car commercials, and I was like, oh my god, if only I could hop into that car commercial right now. <laughs> I would rather like, watch that car than this movie. I like that yeah. Chicago's so angry right now. It's like, no, you don't get any you don't get any uh, trailers. All right, you just get your damn movie, and it's going to suck. It's too cool. <laughs> also, one other thing I wanted to correct. Oh, this is a while back, but I did want to correct you, Sarah, in your summary when you said Native Americans when you meant Native Amazians. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You think Seth is a... Uh... Seth, look at the little Filipino. Boo-Boo Stewart, you mean? <laughs> That's the best name ever. Boo-Boo Stewart. Name. Wait, wait, wait. That's the actor's name. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. You looked at him? It's funny, because I, I was pretty sure that Kristen Stewart's parents made only one mistake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time for us. Uh, that's been compliments enough. I, yep. I think we deserve to tell them the truth now. Let's uh, let's tell these people what we really think of their stupid movie. We're going to play a game today. It's called Mother Hate Eye. <laughs> so just go to someone in the circle, ask them if you can hate them, and then something else happens. I've never gotten that far. Yeah, I'm really not. That's like hopscotch for me. I have no idea how, what the rules are. I don't, I don't think anyone knows. I know that you say that <laughs> phrase to people. That's as far as I've gotten. All right, I want to start. I want to start because I was distracted the entire movie by one thing one gigantic thing does anybody know what it was mm, uh, there's so many things that it could be there's one physical thing that i couldn't help noticing constantly kristen stewart's grimace no but a good guess robert pattinson's bad haircut no but you're getting close Alice's bad haircut. Alice's yeah. hair was okay. It was the worst of her four, but it was still nice enough. I don't know. I liked it better than one. <laughs> Carlisle got fat and puffy for this movie. <laughs> All right. You're totally on the right track, but 
It's that Esme's forehead is fucking huge. Yes. I did notice that though this time, actually. Her eyes are less than 50% up her head. You know, there were so many things to hate in this movie. Somehow that one slipped my notice. I mean, it wasn't a hate. It was more shock. Yeah. Continually re-shocked. But you know what? (laughs) To Ezra's credit for disagreeing with you, she does give out sandwiches. (laughs) Yeah. Sandwich dispensing forehead. That's a keeper. (laughs) (laughs) And possibly a collector's item. (laughs) Possibly. All right. I got a question for you. Yeah. You guys think they're going to fix Bella's giant teeth when she becomes a vampire? Not at all. I mean, we didn't say. It was mostly just makeup and eyelash extensions. Well, Yeah. When she turned into a vampire at the end, right? Slowly, due to computer, like, basically morph software, (laughs) she got eyeshadow Mm -hmm. and her lip plumping. Mm And hair volumizing and foundation and her pores went away. And it was amazing. My only critique of that is that my two guy friends and I expected when they did the profile shot of her lying down that her boobs would get a little bigger. They didn't, but her chest expanded. Her chest. Well, yeah, her back unbroke. I think her back uh, unbroke uh, uh, and she started breathing. I mean, I also assumed that Edward had punched through her rib cage during CPR. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He was in danger of it because humans are in danger of that. Of breaking his sternum. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing that. He's a vampire. How about a hate on Taylor Lautner? Just Just in general. He was awful in this movie. (laughs) Did you guys notice the shot where he tried to be sexy and raise one eyebrow but completely failed at raising an eyebrow? (laughs) And, like, when he's, like, trying to be snarky with Bella and uh, the vampire family when she's holed up and being pregnant. And it looked like he just had some kind of facial spasm and then walked on. I did actually really like this one scene, though, where, like, he... I'm sure it was on some director's note that he didn't understand. But he's, like, trying to (laughs) emphasize a point. And he stands up, turns slowly, completely around, walks two steps, stops, turns completely (laughs) around again, and then walks back to the chair and sits back down like he doesn't know what his knees are. (laughs) It's also weird that he is – this is still weird that he has the wolf – and yet he has the really nicely trimmed eyebrows. And then Edward, who is crystalline and dead, has Andy Rooney-like tentacles <laughs> coming out above his eyes. Can we pour some out for Andy Rooney? Oh, yeah. The late Andy Rooney. Aww. I forgot about that. No, nah, I got Andy. fat time. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pour Hating out. on Twilight in heaven now. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's creepy smile also reached a new level in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did he have a non-creepy smile? or was that No, like I mean, it, it was always creepy, but there was okay. less of it when he was, like, broody. And mm. because he was happy and getting at least sometimes it's laid in this movie, he had the creepy smile so on much worse. all the time. Yeah. And his weird body hair just kept cropping uh, up. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he took out some from the chest, but I don't know where it went. And I don't think it was a good It was thing. a patchy removal job. <laughs> It's like all around just his nipples, like but like not even in complete circles. Yeah, yeah. That guy, uh, I felt like I felt like Robert was phoning this one in. Like the other movies, he's tried harder to be like keep a straight face, and in this one, there were just he made a lot of faces where I was like, he does not give a shit about this movie. <laughs> oh, 
What was that sequence at the beginning, too, where he's like, you don't know some things about me. Oh. I used to prey on gay men. Like, <laughs> No, he used to prey on, on murderers, right? On uh, murderers, I think. Was, I think it was murderers was, yeah. and rapists, not so much gay men. But yeah. let it, oh, let it be official that this movie it. never acknowledges the existence of homosexuality. Not, not possible. Actually, the great thing about that, um, so he was he was killing uh, people who were about to kill people, all right? Basically, the uh, 1920s version of Dexter is what I understood. Yes. Um, but the great thing was, Bella's line was, you probably saved more lives than you took. I love that it's like, if it's a net gain, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, that's how murder that's works. Yeah. No, I totally misunderstood it. I just assumed they were all gay men because it would fit in line with all the other things that totally offend me in this movie. <laughs> I got a quick hate just on the weather. Have we just dropped the idea that vampires, like, you know, sparkle in the sun. I feel like they were in direct silence <laughs> oh, several times. Big it just hate. At least filter. Big hate. As exactly. So Stephanie Meyer sets up this crazy Fruit Loops version of vampirism, and then like they're in Brazil in the sunshine, and apparently something about maybe the Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Capricorn <laughs> makes it such that vampires don't sparkle in the sunshine. No, he's in the Tropic but of Bullshit. He's in the he's in the Southern Hemisphere, so he sparkles internally instead of externally. Uh, it goes the other way okay, yeah. when you're on the other side. It's gravity. Complete bullshit. <laughs> oh, man. I thought, like, for sure it'd be like, oh, they're going to Brazil. So he sparkles like a diamond, and I'm going to have to put up with that. Well, I just had to put up with looking at our pats, which is meh. But, like, you know what it's like? It's you know. like it's just like Harry Potter where they decided four movies in they should wear hoodies instead of robes and just didn't yeah. notice. I have a hate on the island. Yeah. So there's a point. Ilesme? Ilesme? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds way more fun than it did before. <laughs> here's, here's a hate on Isle Lesbian. Okay, there's a point where she call. She's like looking at her belly, and Bella's like, "This is impossible." So she calls uh, uh, Alice or Carlisle or whatever. Here's the thing. Yeah. The odds of getting pregnant from a vampire are much higher than the odds of getting cell phone reception on an abandoned island. <laughs> <laughs> you are in the middle of the now fucking ocean with one yeah. residence. On the corner of this probably volcanic island, there's no way you're getting Dude, AT&T down there. Sat phone. I mean, I was thinking that maybe the uh, you know the vampire hating uh, house cleaner just had like a little like cell tower set up in the backyard, you know? I mean, because they're yeah. pretty on top of everything else. Here's the, I actually really did like the house cleaners. Uh, they seemed right. nice. I don't like the implication that as soon as somebody comes on, if they are from another country, if they are not from America. They must have an instinctive knowledge of vampires. Oh, yeah, that happened a lot. I mean, that's, you know, part of Stephanie Meyer's deal, right? Is like anyone who's non-white is like exotic and connected to magic. But at least they were they were probably more likely to be Brazilian than the uh, than the werewolves were to actually being Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And not, you know, and, and like, actually the age that they were supposed to be portraying, like, some of those werewolves are, like, at least 45. Well, in a- <laughs> Sam does look a little bit like the situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Edward has also aged a lot since the first movie, which is specifically not supposed yeah. to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, along with the sparkling, that's, like, the, the one rule, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of falling down here on your whole mythos. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. It didn't even occur to me about the about the sparkling. I was worried about it at the wedding because it was like the filtered light. But you're right on the island. Even it was just two of them, never sparkled. I mean, I guess the, the whole thing is that the movie did a good job of sidestepping the things that are ridiculous. <laughs> you know, as many as many as they could. Yeah. So like, that's why you know uh, Jacob didn't explicitly say he was gonna fuck that uh, you know baby. 
Um, yeah, they take yeah. And that's weird. Of that, yeah. Although I did enjoy all of the time at the wedding when Jacob was very much implying that Edward's penis would ruin Bella. <laughs> <laughs> like, all but said, like, he's going to fuck you in half, guys. <laughs> Uh, guys, with, with us today is a very special guest, Isaac Fitzgerald of The Rumpus. He is the managing editor, very funny guy, very smart guy, very cool guy, um, guy on the internet. And I figured if there's <laughs> one person who could make this movie suck less, it would probably be him. So Isaac, if it's all right with you, I think we'll just uh, give you a couple problems with the movie that we had. And maybe you can come up with a way or two, uh, make it suck less hard. Is that possible? Oh, I mean, I will do my damnedest. Also, thank you for that introduction. That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. What, a, what uh, about your mom? Has the, she ever? N- not even close. Oh, wow. It j- just guy on the internet is what she said. <laughs> None of that other <laughs> You don't really talk much. She just, every once in a while, she'll text you. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, very, it's a very text-based relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's true. Well, that's sad. Hey, so here's something about... Uh, <laughs> Break, Breaking Dawn is sort of a piece of crap. Uh, one of the things that bothers me <laughs> is that they got rid of some of the edgier parts of the book that I thought were fun and crazy. Uh, and so they took out the part where Edward offers to let Bella's ex-boyfriend sleep with her if she agrees to get an abortion. And I was wondering, what like, what do you think of that? How would you fix that? If you were adopt- adapting a book into a movie that had something so juicy and interesting in it, would you get rid of it? No. Definitely not. Um, and so let me let me make sure I understand you correctly. You're saying that Edward was offering to Bella mm-hmm. uh-huh. that she could sleep with oh with Jacob. Yes, yeah, with, with Jacob. Jacob. Oh, with Jacob. Okay, so he. Um, <laughs> no, I think that that is that's terrible that they took that out of the movie because relationships, especially in the modern age, are very complex. And I think you have a lot of people making these sorts of compromises. And I think uh, they're they're kind of going for this like. Oh, no, let's make it marketable for the masses. But no, like, listen, Breaking Dawn, you have a very complex audience, and they could, they could understand these issues. Uh, so I think that that, w- that showed a bit of weakness uh, from the director. Mm. So w- what I hear you saying is, if you're going to go crazy, go full crazy. Definitely. I mean, these books are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Isaac, I have a question for you. Hit me, Sarah. Uh, so this movie subjects us to a lot of scenes of... Um, this hot young couple playing chess on their honeymoon. <laughs> How would you make chess sexier? Well, all right. I got a couple of things here. Uh, one, I don't know if you knew, but uh, there was a digital short just on this Saturday, Saturday Night Live, uh, that's called Seducing Women Through Chess. So I would start there. Uh, oh. I think it's. I don't think you need to make chess much sexier. You know, it's got. It's. It's. It's rooted in history. Uh, it's, it's a game of the minds. So I really think on its own, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to vouch and, and stand up for the sexiness of chess. Uh, but always, uh, I guess if they had been naked, Mm. it would have been sexier. Also, uh, you know, you can get captured by a bishop. Mm. (laughs) Well, thank you, Isaac. My Bobby Fisher trapper keeper thanks you as well. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I just want to agree from having seen this movie because... 
after we've seen them playing chess and her lose ten times, she has a dream wherein she beats Edward in chess, and the prize is that Edward fucks the shit out of her. <laughs> because of the power dynamic in a couple, which always exists, chess is a very sexy game. Yes. I'm with you. Yeah. I think chess is very sexy. In fact, anyone who beats me at chess gets to lay me. That's a rule. That's a rule? Mm-hmm. I really want to play you in chess. I mean, really? I'm not very good. Well, because I also have the same rule, so in my mind, it's a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what? we're going we're gonna to bone. That's what you've decided, Isaac. Nice to meet you. And to use your terminology, uh, fuck the shit out of. That's what I'm into. I want some of that. <laughs> I want that bed to break. <laughs> the great thing about the bed breaking is that the music was very, like, kind of romantic and, like, kind of peaceful. And just kind of went across the whole, like, shattering the headboard with your fist. It, was, it also yeah. happened immediately. It was like he just kind of slipped and half fell on the bed and it broke. It wasn't even, like, particularly hot. <laughs> Prem- premature bed breaking is what you're saying, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. The, the thing I'm worried about is that young ladies and young men will watch that and they will think that breaking a headboard is part of good sex. Yeah, there's no broken headboard. You're doing it wrong. It's part of a really slam dunk, so why not assume it's the same thing here? <laughs> I mean, that's that's only in like you know when you have the turbo pressed down you like leave from the right spot of like the exactly um, exactly yeah. and you then leap over a car I think is it the shoes <laughs> you land on Bella. you might be the first person to link shaquille o'neal to breaking dawn <laughs> certainly not the last <laughs> put that on my headstone i'm ready my head someone will be broken with a fist though so <laughs> just a hand mark in the top of it as if someone's boning against it <laughs> Uh, so there's this thing that happens in the book where Edward can read the fetus's mind, and for some reason the fetus is saying, "I love you. I like your voice is comforting to me," instead of just "I'm bored" over and over and over again. <laughs> My question for you is: when you're translating this to the film, or just in general as a as a writer, as a person who understands plot and things like that, do you think reading a like a non-born human fetus's mind? is worth the time and effort? Uh, definitely not. I feel I feel like you really you really nailed it there with the uh, the baby would just be like I'm wet and I'm bored. <laughs> and my brain <laughs> hasn't formed yet. Right, exactly. I I can't actually think, but if I could, uh, it's kind of uncomfortably warm in here. Uh, and I, and and I want to get out perhaps the, when the, the part time of is right. It feels love. <laughs> will feel love for you once it develops. <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> Quick, quick question. Um, so when Jacob first sees Bella, you know, when she's like all shrunken and uh, you know the the pre-injection Steve Rogers kind of mode, um, <laughs> like they're just sitting around, you know, just kind of like waiting. And do you have any like good things to do? I guess that you can think of that they could have been doing. Uh, it doesn't you know require a lot of moving, but you know something to do when you're waiting for your wife to die, being sucked out by a demon child from the inside. <laughs> How could he embody that action a little bit more, I guess? Wait, is sexy chess off the table? Absolutely not. It's still on the table. <laughs> Bob Bella's dying. Sexy Edward chess. Jacob plays sexy chess. The loser gets to lay the winner. Isaac, I mean, if, if Edward is trying to choose, right, in ways to pass the time, and let's, let's for the sake of argument, say that, you know, having sexy playtime with Jacob is off the table. Um, if you're choosing between something like an Us Weekly and a Sudoku book... What do you think is going to be better for this movie? I feel like you could go with the Sunday Times crossword. 
Yeah, because those enough. things are so fucking impossible. <laughs> she'll probably she probably want to die anyway. She'll be like, "I'm such a fucking idiot. I don't even deserve this." This is a pun. I just can't figure out which one. No, it's a good point because she's definitely gonna like her head will explode before she comes up with Uli's gold. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Or Yui Bo. Yeah. Plus, how many Middle Eastern ports does she know? Right, one or two. So if it's not those two, <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Damn it, Damascus doesn't fit. What do I do? Yeah, time to end it. I, uh, so I have a, a question for you. Uh, the politics of this book are really interesting. We talked before about the way Edward was sort of offering his wife's body as a prize to somebody else. And then moments mm-hmm. later, uh, he says in the movie, which I don't remember from the book, but he says, we're, we're married. We're supposed to be a partner. You're making this decision without me. So where do you think a kid's book and a, and a young adult movie should weigh in on the subject of male abortion rights? Holy shit. <laughs> you know, just a little light like, question for you. I don't even, I feel like I just got a, what's the word there? Hit from the side really hard out of nowhere. Blindsided? There it is. That's the one. <laughs> you just got alien baby from the side. I think, uh, in all honesty, joking aside, obviously I think that it, the, the whole concept and the politics behind the book are absolutely ridiculous. How so? Well, you you're you're basically it's basically uh, a, a gigantic right wing kind of message. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, uh, I definitely don't think they should get in there. I also like that that was Edward's go to argument because I feel like when when people are being selfish in relationships, that's their go to argument. Um, so. I don't think books like this should weigh in on that kind of stuff because it's ridiculous. But that being said, the fact that that's the way Edward went with it, I think that's very classic Like when you're in a relationship and you're like, well, we're supposed to be on a team and you're doing this on your own really just means I'm not getting my way. And then the next sense, something like you're just like your mother or something. Right, exactly. I'm glad that he stuck with the classics, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that fetus makes you look fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Well, to bring us back from that a little bit, I, I have um, what I feel is an equally serious question for you. So there's a scene in this movie where the wolves all sit around and think really hard at each other. Oh. Um, is there a more effective way to communicate a major uh, plot point and, in fact, the only source of tension in this movie than by having badly computer-animated wolves yell silently at each other? <laughs> You no, can't. man, you just described War and Peace. That's like the perfect thing. <laughs> Are you saying that that would be War and, P- War and Peace? Is the version you want is Silent Wolves thinking the whole thing of War and Peace to each other? Yeah, I'd watch that. Fuck War and Pe- the, the whole world. I think that's how we should decide everything from here on out. Just really badly animated wolves stare yelling at each other. No, of course there's a better way to settle that. They're fucking werewolves. They should be at each other's throats. That's ridiculous. That makes me so upset. If you have werewolves in a movie, they should be doing three things. They should be fighting each other or other things. They should be screwing or they should be turning into wolves or out of the wolf. Either, whichever. Fuck it. Those are the three things that you should be doing. You're wolves. You don't sit and think and get what it's like a yoga meditation class. No, man, you fight and whoever fucking wins is the alpha dog and you do what he wants to do, which I think in this case is go eat the chick with the demon bait. So there's a fucking, that's the movie. That's the movie they had. And instead they made it about sexy chess. I'm just saying. They're bold people 
And what she did was it was borderline prejudice against werewolves. It's fucked up. Isaac, it's been very short, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go. So thank you so much for coming in and being our expert. I don't even know what I was an expert on, but thank you so much because I laughed a lot and you guys are great. I no, really appreciate it. We'll have you back on the show sometime. Maybe do a, a full episode with us instead of just a brief interview. But take a second before you go and uh, uh, explain the rumpus to us. Tell us about the rumpus. Tell our users about it. Oh man, some part of me feels like I, I, I got so far off message. I should like be like. All views that I said here are not condoned by the Rumpus. You just did. <laughs> the Rumpus on, uh, net is an online culture magazine. Uh, we really try and highlight basically good writing. At our core is a love of books, uh, but we go through a lot of other things. We publish personal essays. We have a columnist named Dear Sugar, who people absolutely love. Uh, and we also try and do uh, really good coverage of sex workers and sex work and that kind of very broad and uh, complex world. Uh, so it's it's therumpus.net, uh, and we're always looking for writers, always looking for smart folks who want to contribute, uh, and they can send it into Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, at therumpus.net. And thanks for giving me the time to say that. I think that's awesome. perfect. And I, I know we, we con- constantly get the question from fans and, and listeners that, uh, uh, since we talk about bad shit all the time, where do we go to learn about good things? What do we, Where do we... What do we like? And also, where do we get our sex worker news? So therumpus.net <laughs> covers both of those areas. I appreciate you helping spread the word. And, um, and yeah, and thanks, thanks for having me on. I'd love to do it again. We'll talk to you again soon. This ad was required but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, at Isle de Lesme. Gustavo, you've been a great property manager for many years, but what is my one requirement for house cleaners? Mr. Edwards, sir, that they don't know anything about vampires. That they don't know anything about vampires. And what did this house cleaner know about? Vampires, that's right. So you see why this might have been an HR issue on your part. Mr. Cullen, I'm very sorry about this, but I promise you, the next person knows absolutely nothing about vampires. Miss, what was your name again? Stephanie Meyer, it's a pleasure. Now, Miss Meyer... Do you have any experience cleaning? Well, I'm a Mormon. Historically, we're a very cleanly people. Makes sense to me. Okay, very good. And do you know anything about vampires? Absolutely nothing. Tester, what happens when vampires step into the sun? They sparkle. Or if the special effects budget gets blown on wolf boners, nothing. You're hired. Hooray! Why exactly do you want to be a house cleaner on my sex island in Brazil? I just got a free book from audiblepodcast.com slash weep. I wanted to stop writing and do something where I could listen to books while I worked. Makes sense to me. Thank you, Miss Meyer. Now, please clean up my insanely pregnant bride's vomit without asking any questions. Can do. Audiblepodcast.com slash weep. You're welcome, Earth. All right, uh, so now it's time for the second half of the compliment sandwich. So we're going to go in reverse order, which means compliment's going to go to Ezra. Uh, this is, I guess, to Bella for one of my favorite argument enders, I guess. Uh, so Edward says, Bella, it's like you're choosing to die instead of being with me or some such thing. And her line is, then don't see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that? Yeah. If you're in an argument with someone and you don't like the way they see it, you say 
don't see it that way then. Yeah, try thinking Fix about the it argument. Way. Yeah. Unfuck thyself. Unfuck uh. thyself. <laughs> I'm not going to change my behavior, but if you could do me a favor and just not have a problem with it anymore. <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> that would be the best. Awesome. All right, Chris, your second compliment. My compliment is for the lovely, luscious country of Brazil. Um, so they get to Rio and it's gorgeous, of course, because we've all seen Fast Five. We know that. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, they also go and explore some jungles and, you know, talk with the people. And, and it seems great. And there's there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that both the World Cup and the Summer Olympics should be there in the same year, um, except for the murder rate. But at the same time, uh, you know. The great thing about it is I could look at the country and I didn't notice that the actors were on screen because yeah. those guys are boring as fuck. So I really uh, thought the the part of Giant Jesus was well acted. Yeah. <laughs> Giant Jesus was well played by himself. <laughs> and and then later in the movie by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. Just a star making turn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I I have a, a four pack of mini compliments that I'm going to give really quickly. Uh, and in, the first one transitions from that nicely because there's an attractive waterfall and making yes. out in a waterfall is trite, but still nice. Hmm. Ding. Mm. Number two, second compliment. Uh, this movie had a really, a series of really great faucets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love a good faucet. Me too. Oh, Some really nice faucet. water fixtures. Uh, and also yeah. the toilet that Bella vomited into, a very nice looking toilet. I was totally distracted by that too. <laughs> it seemed to have a bidet hose as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love I, an extending I was like, wow, bidet that arm. Wow, and just ignored everyone. Ding. Number three, uh, the plane that they get into is called the Challenger, which uplifted yeah. me for a moment because I thought it meant it would crash and they'd both die. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, but ding. <laughs> Number four, this is my favorite one. Uh, there's the big giant battle where the dogs run up and they're trying to fight with the vampires. And I like a movie that has a giant fight scene that could be instantly ended by a rather large laser pointer. They'll <laughs> <laughs> just follow it. They just all start following. The, the, the Cullens are like, we're outnumbered. Quick, turn on the laser pointer and shine it there. <laughs> Quick, does anyone have any snossages? <laughs> bacon strips. Bacon to- strips. Totally distracted them and also would m- improve their teeth if you get one with the bacon strips. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All right, Sarah. It is your turn. Minor compliment, please. Well, I actually had had like a couple that were sort of uh, related about the wedding. Um, like I was saying earlier, I actually really did genuinely like the wedding dress. I thought it was really pretty, especially considering that like it was all based around when Edward became a vampire and he became a vampire in a notoriously unsexy era. Um, <laughs> notoriously sexy. Notoriously unsexy. Uh, the teens, you know, the nineteen teens. Um, but my real compliment here goes to Charlie for once again being, you know, the the most regularly watchable person on screen. And yeah. there was like, he he was the only person who had believable reactions to anything that was happening. And it just like made me feel really warm inside that like, she had a great father figure. So you can't blame him for Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely blameless. This is clearly yeah, he seems fault. understandably upset that his 18 year old daughter is getting married hastily to him. A- demon yeah yeah to a guy with weird nipple hair at the very least (laughs) yeah i think that's actually what anna kendrick meant when she called him the hair (laughs) 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 
Thank you everybody so much for listening. Uh, we, check us out. Uh, we will be. We will not be here next week. We are taking. This should be out by Thanksgiving, hopefully. So have a great Thanksgiving. We are going to take the weekend off to enjoy our families and, more importantly, tryptophan. And then we will be back uh, two weeks from now uh, with a new episode, which will be the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, episodes one and two. Uh, so next week we will be talking about the movie adaptation of Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. This was a sponsored episode by Lee, and uh, we look forward to watching this disgusting, horrifying movie. So check that out and come back and see us next week. Uh, also, of course, if you have any feedback for us, the best place to go is the Facebook page, facebook.com slash weep, where you will also find a picture of the adorable kitten that has been molesting my foot during this podcast today. Aww. That's so cute. His name imprinted on your foot. His name is Connor. <laughs> He's going to bodyguard and or sleep with my foot. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Uh, thank you, as always, for being here, Chris Nez. Yep. Of course. Sarah, thank you so much. We've really enjoyed spending the last three weeks with you. It has been an absolute delight, guys. If I have to encounter Stephanie Meyer, I'm so glad it's with you. Well, we will definitely have you again for some more episodes about this next year and probably for something in between now and then. So, <laughs> yeah, and of course, check out Meridian mm-hmm. at, uh, at at IO Chicago. Uh, and uh, they perform mo- Tuesday. All the time. We perform all the time. Check online for specifics. Good luck with everything. Uh, good luck with the cold. We will talk to you again soon. Well, um, and also the rumpus.net. Thanks again to Isaac. Uh, that's it. Bye. I would just want to know where all those wolf boners actually were in the movie. <laughs> On the cutting room floor. Oh, but the whole budget. <laughs> no, uh, sorry. You remember Crank 2 High Voltage when a horse cock jumps over the screen? Um, it's like that when the wolves are fighting vampires. Oh my gosh, I have never seen Crank 2, but that I'm just blew see- my mind. <laughs> 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 That's right there.